Hi, you're now listening to Let's Talk Trees, a podcast brought to you by C4 Necraft with me, Susan Onyango. This episode, to coincide with the World Soil Day 2020, will highlight how C4 Ecraft's research on soil and ecosystems is making soil healthier to feed and nourish a healthy population. Although 95% of food is directly or indirectly produced in soil, it is estimated that 40% of the earth's soil is degraded. Therefore, concerted efforts are needed to make soil healthier, and when these efforts succeed, they will enable us to feed and nourish a growing population. Healthy soil will also support governments in reaching their national targets to restore functioning ecosystems as part of the Bond Challenge and AFR 100. Joining us from Kenya is Lee Ann Winowiki, leader of C4 Aircraft's Soil and Land Health Research. Lee is a soil system scientist and has over 15 years' experience working in the global tropics on key issues around land restoration, sustainable agricultural intensification, and soil carbon dynamics. And with us from Indonesia is Rupesh Bomia, a scientist with C4 Aircraft's climate change, energy, and low carbon development team. His research focuses on biogeochemical transformation of nutrients in wetlands. He has worked in both freshwater and marine settings across broad environmental gradients in tropical peatland swamp forests of the Peruvian Amazon and coastal mangroves of several countries in Central America and West Africa. He specializes on the biogeochemical impacts of land use changes on greenhouse gas fluxes and carbon sinks. Welcome, Lee and Rupesh. Let's start by you telling us why the work you do is important. Lee? Great. Thanks, Susan. The work we do is important because soil is so important. In fact, soil is so fundamental that it is often overlooked. As you said, our food production is dependent on healthy soil. Soil provides more ecosystem services than any other median on land. Yet, unsustainable land management practices are deteriorating the health of our soil and its ability to provide these important services. Therefore, given soil's importance, there is a real need to understand the soil ecosystem in order to better manage our soils. That is why our research in soil and land health is so critical, because soil is so complex, as it has many components, including liquids, gases, and biota, and is so diverse and contains more diversity than there are humans on Earth, with each one of these organisms in the soil playing an important role. Therefore, in order to understand this incredible complexity, we need to understand all these different components of soil in order to better manage them, both for restoration, for food production, for climate change adaptation and mitigation. Thank you, Lee. Rupesh, how about you? Tell us why the work you do is important. Thank you, Susan. Yes, so uh, me and our group study nutrient cycling in wetlands, and particularly we focus on the soils. They are the linchpin of ecosystem functioning and nutrient cycling. And we are particularly interested in soils role in carbon storage and sequestration in tropical peatlands and coastal mangroves. So carbon is central to our discussions of climate change, particularly the role of natural ecosystems in mitigating greenhouse gas emissions caused by anthropogenic activities, such as combustion of fossil fuels, 
and land use and land cover change like deforestation and degradation. In the context of peatlands and mangrove ecosystems, soils store a huge proportion of carbon underground in the form of a huge root mass as well as semi-decomposed and decaying organic matter. And these soils, because these are long-term repository of sequestered carbon, they play a significant role in context of global climate change by essentially providing carbon mitigation services. Improved understanding of this total amount of uh, soil carbon stocks through scientific and robust methodologies and conducting these studies in, at several locations reduces uncertainty and help prioritize actions towards conservation of these areas. The scientific data generated in our research is very helpful for a large variety of policy and decision making, both at local as well as national level. Thank you, Rupesh. And now, Lee, let's dig a little deeper. How does C4 ACRAF address challenges in soil management, fighting soil biodiversity loss, and increasing awareness? Can you give us some examples of some of the work that you're doing? Great. So as we said, it's incredibly important to understand the soil ecosystem. And that includes understanding how above ground land management practices influence the soil ecosystem and its functioning. However, these assessments in the past have been limited by their cost. Therefore, C4ECRAFT have developed a robust methodology for assessing key indicators of soil and land health. This is called the Land Degradation Surveillance Framework. This is a unique methodology because it assesses multiple georeference indicators across multiple scales. So that includes the farmer plot scale, the farmer field scale across landscapes. And now we have been conducting this methodology across the global tropics. So now we can actually work at the national scale and the global scale. And a key advancement that has allowed us to conduct these assessments of soil and land health is soil spectroscopy. Spectroscopy enables landscape scale assessments by providing a reliable, cost-efficient analysis of key soil health indicators. So what are some of these indicators that we look at? As Rupesh mentioned, soil has a huge potential to store carbon. So naturally, soil organic carbon is a key indicator of soil health. Now, why is that? Well, soil organic carbon actually influences a number of other properties of soil. It influences the cation exchange capacity. It influences the water infiltration. And it is influenced by above ground management, which means that the soil organic carbon levels are, in essence, reflective of the above ground management. So that means with proper sustainable soil management, we can increase soil organic carbon. So through these assessments using the land degradation surveillance framework, we are able to understand how management practices influence soil erosion, soil organic carbon, 
as well as how it influences some of the key indicators of soil biological activity. This framework also has very important opportunities for capacity development with our partners and raising awareness of the linkage between soil and land health for ecosystem restoration, for food production, and overall ecosystem health. Thank you, Lee. Rupesh, your research interests are in forestry, land use change, peatlands, greenhouse gas fluxes, and climate change mitigation. How do these insights relate to soil biodiversity? Yeah, so the soil biodiversity is a mix of microbes, protozoa, invertebrates, vertebrates that interact to maintain soil fertility, uh, decay of material, recycling of organic matter, the breakdown of hazardous waste, um, cleaning of water, and then composition of gases in the atmosphere. So all of these uh, microbes and protozoa and these uh, living organisms come together to impart soil characteristics functioning. So the data research on greenhouse gas emissions enhance our understanding at mechanistic level where different consortia or communities of microbes play a key role in these emissions. For example, our work on greenhouse gas emissions from peatlands under various land management regimes between wet and drain uh, settings is indicative of microbes that are more active in, in aerobic setting, that is when oxygen is available. So these microbes work on organic matter and that breakdown result in emission of carbon dioxide. So when these wetlands, these peatlands are drained, they allow oxygen to get into these soil and then microbes are active and carbon dioxide is released. So when we conduct our experimental studies, we measure this. This kind of understanding is very useful for land managers to apply appropriate interventions, thereby minimizing emissions and a better understanding of soil biodiversity and its relationship to critical ecosystem services is therefore vital for planning for sustainable soils for long term. Thank you, Rupesh. That's a very interesting perspective. Lead now over to you. C4 ECRAF applies soil and land health data analytics in research. How do these data fit into global goals and commitments for biodiversity, ecosystem restoration, and climate change? Absolutely. C4 ECRAF does conduct robust and reliable assessments of soil and land health, and these assessments feed directly into a number of global initiatives. For example, the Sustainable Development Goal 15.3, Life on Land, recognizes soil organic carbon as a key indicator, for example, to track the performance of restoration options. Using C4ECRAFT's methodology to monitor, track, and map soil organic carbon content and carbon sequestration, this feeds directly into monitoring efforts for SDG 15.3. Another example is the United Nations Decade on Ecosystem Restoration. This is a very important global initiative, and especially since healthy soil is critical for ecosystem health, and in essence, 
healthy soil is critical for obtaining some of these ecosystem restoration goals. I would also like to point out that the United Nations Food Systems Summit, Action Track 3, will have three components. Remember that Action Track 3 is about conditions to boost nature-positive production at scale using a landscape approach. There are three components. One is about protecting natural ecosystems. Two is about managing sustainably existing food production systems. And the third component is about restoring and rehabilitating degraded ecosystems and soil function for sustainable food production. So the good news is, is that the global community is recognizing the important contribution of healthy soil to food and nutrition security and also ecosystem health. As you know, the four per thousand or cuts per mill initiative is really about raising awareness of the role of healthy soil to overall ecosystem health, including agricultural systems, and also challenging all of us to practice sustainable land management to increase soil carbon, to increase the mitigation potential of soil. And while all of these are very important, it is critical that we have reliable methods for measuring and tracking soil health over time. And really C4ECraft has been leading this now for decades in terms of providing robust field assessments applied at multiple scales with information relevant to farmers, decision makers, national governments, so that they can report on SDG 15.3, they can report on their restoration targets, and now bringing the importance of functioning soil ecosystems into the UN Food Systems Summit is really showcasing how the awareness of soil health is rising and that we're really asking the global community to take a look at what we can do to restore soil health. Thank you, Lee. And uh, Rupesh, what roles do healthy soils play in functioning of ecosystem and what are the broader impacts of disrupting these relationships? So, as Lee pointed out, how important healthy soils are for human food security and nutrition, I'll approach this from sort of natural ecosystems perspective. Healthy soils are fundamental to healthy ecosystems, not just because soils play an important role in the flow of nutrients and for sustaining all vegetation on land and also in wetlands, but because healthy soils contain biotic components that are integral to the provision of ecosystem services which are essential for human well-being. Healthy soils possess a rich biodiversity that play an important role in soil formation, decomposition and nutrient cycling, controlling plant pests and diseases, regulating water supply by modulating soil structure, water infiltration and storage, and it influences global climate through storage of carbon as well as production and consumption of greenhouse gases. 
So what happens when these relationships are disrupted or broken? At a local level, this could lead to reduced nutrient and water availability directly impacting vegetation growth, leading further to erosion and poor soil conditions. Over time, this may lead to negative consequences on soil functioning and it diminishes its role as an important natural resource. On the other hand, at a broader level, such disruptions can have significant global impacts. For example, in context of peatlands where a large quantity of carbon is stored below ground, changes in existing soil conditions could cause these peatlands to become sources of carbon instead of sinks for carbon. The storage and stability of carbon in wet saturated conditions is possible because there is no oxygen in soil pore spaces. They are filled with water. But when peatlands or other marshes, wetlands are drained, atmospheric air fills up these soil pore spaces and the availability of oxygen triggers activation of aerobic soil microbes which can break down organic matter. Such biogeochemical processes leads to release of greenhouse gases such as carbon dioxide. So this one example shows how alteration in the natural condition can lead to disturbance and distur disruptions in the existing relationship within soils which ultimately can cause an ecosystem to transition from carbon sink to carbon source. Thank you. As we conclude, Rupesh and Lee, what can governments, organizations, communities and individuals around the world do to commit to proactively improving soil? As I said, soil is complex. Soil is diverse. Soil contains more biodiversity than there are humans on Earth. Healthy soil is fundamental to ecosystem health and human health. Therefore, we all have a responsibility to protect, sustainably manage, and restore soil health. In essence, we need to pay more attention to our soil. And all of us have a responsibility to take action to treat it well. Whether it is at the level of an individual's home garden, a research institution, or a decision maker developing policies to protect soil. For example, at the farm level, we can take action to make sure our soil is covered all year so it is not exposed and not bare. At the research institution level, we can make sure that we are committed to engaging in soil science research. At the policy level, government could be proactive to include soil health and specifically soil organic carbon into their NDCs. I would also like to add something about what we can all do to raise the awareness of soil. In my experience, in addition to the biodiversity aspects of soil, we, there's a real need to improve collaboration across disciplines. There are immense challenges in the public and also professional understanding of soil, as I mentioned, especially across the various disciplines. This continues to hamper sustainable soil and land management practices. 
therefore increased dissemination of soil and land health evidence tailored to the various stakeholder groups will be crucial. Thank you, Lee. Um, how about you, Rupesh? In order to have the necessary information to sustainably manage the soil as a primary natural resource and to maintain its health, international efforts are required to synthesize all available information on global soil biodiversity and functioning across ecosystems. So we need this information not only from the northern part, but also tropical part, as well as from coastal areas and inland areas. There is a need to develop integrated research approaches and improved access to new technologies for examining soil biocomplexity. So Lee just mentioned about the complex nature of soil and the biodiversity it holds. There is still very limited understanding and information about that across different countries, across different ecosystems. And we need better improved technologies to enhance our understanding. And lastly, a large proportion of population in the global south are directly dependent on soils for living and sustenance. So applied research needs to be prioritized to address challenges that can be addressed by improving soil health, particularly focused to these people, countries, and regions. I um, also yes. wanted to add young people or youngs, youngsters or kids needs to be more um, sensitized about soil. So what, what I like to say that soil is uh, most overlooked or underrepresented um, ecosystem, if I can say that, or entity. And uh, in most of our environmental awareness campaigns or, you know, when you talk about wildlife biodiversity or environment, uh, soil is often not even mentioned. And uh, there have been a lot of talk about uh, re-energizing this uh, to youth and to, to young uh, without much mention of soils. And uh, that's something needs to be addressed at communities and individual level. So that's the, the, in the nutshell. Thank you. Thank you, um, Lee and Rupesh. So that's all for today. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe on the link provided. See you on the next episodes and keep safe everyone. Bye.